Huddle Up Podcast. It is the Observations with Big Jim. I am your host, Big Jim. It is, uh, as I'm recording this, just the start of Saturday, October the 21st, 2023. I'm uh, glad that you are uh, taking the time out of your day to give this episode a listen. Uh, if you are not already subscribed to the Huddle Up Podcast Incorporated channel, please do that over on any podcast platform. Uh, you can also subscribe to the show and follow us on all of our uh, social media channels. That would be Facebook, Twitter, at Huddle Up Podcast, YouTube as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Big Jim Sports, and uh, and you can give me uh, a follow there, and um, you can hit the link tree that will uh, that will get you to all the places Huddle Up related, and um, get our merchandise over at tpublic.com. Um, I just want to apologize again uh, for the <sighs> for the situation with with Tuesday's uh, Huddle Up podcast. Um, Obviously, as we do during the football season, we try not to miss a single week, but uh, our streaming software, uh, we, we stream through StreamYard, and um, there was some sort of an issue with the site. Uh, I was not able to connect um, with my camera, my my uh, webcam, and my audio. Um, I was able to like get into the studio. I could see... Ernest EJ Christian there, but, um, I couldn't hear him. I don't know if he could hear me. <laughs> um, it was just a, uh, it was just a big mess. So we had to, uh, we had to cancel the show this week. I do apologize. We will be back, uh, this Tuesday. Um, and then I believe the following week, Halloween week, we will, um, be preempted on Tuesday night by Halloween. Um, of course, the, the the guys on the show have kids. Um, we'll likely be trick or treating that night, um, so we're going to take the night off. I think we're going to be uh, simulcasting with student of the game Kyle Nash uh, on on Wednesday, November the first. But um, we will confirm that um, this upcoming week on the show. So, um, yeah, just I just wanted to take a minute to address that, and I do again. I, I I'm sorry. Uh, I do not like to miss episodes. Believe me, I was. And uh, you can you can ask uh, you can ask my better half that I was more upset about it than uh, than anybody who was probably tuning in to listen this week. So I certainly do again uh, apologize about it. Uh, but let's uh, let's dive in here, uh, and I, I want to start. And I'm kind of catching up on last weekend and 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 through parts of this week. Um, so there'll probably not be a observations number thirty. Um, until like next weekend and I'll, I'll try and get back on a somewhat normal schedule then, but, uh, catch up with me, will you? <laughs> um, last weekend, Notre Dame upset, uh, USC, you ruined USC's season, um, probably ended the Heisman campaign of Caleb Williams, but more on him and more on USC here in just a second. Um, the... This was a huge win, in my opinion, for, for this Notre Dame program. And as big of a win for the program, I think it was maybe even bigger for Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman. Um, if you think about it, and it feels weird to say that, given that this was his 22nd game of his 
head coaching career, but you go back to last year. He started the year with the loss at Ohio State, but it was a close loss. It, I think a lot of people were surprised um, by the the how close that game was for most of the game competitive. Um, and then the next week you lost to Marshall at home. And then in October, you lost to Stanford at home. So if you if you don't know how Notre Dame's schedule works, um, they always play USC. They always play Stanford. Well, one year they you know, and it's like a it's a uh, alternating home and home. So one year they will play like last year they will play Stanford at home in South Bend, and at the end of the year they will travel to uh, USC. This year, it's the opposite. They they played USC at home last weekend, and they will then travel to Stanford to close out the year on November the 25th. You know, so, so middle of the season last year, you end up losing to Stanford at home you know, in, in what I consider to be pretty embarrassing fashion. You should not have lost that game. That may have been the worst loss of last season for Notre Dame. That is a loss that should not happen, but it did. Uh, they closed out the year. Um, then they started this year, okay? Uh, they, they started 4-0. We know the three-point loss to Ohio State. Come back with a uh, nail-biter against Duke, and then you get blown off the field in in Louisville. So now, and and there you're 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 sitting at a two-loss uh, season, and 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 you got to come right back against number. I think they were nine last week. Number nine USC, number ten USC, currently undefeated near the top of the Pac-12, defending Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback, guy who wants to become a two-time Heisman Trophy winner, and we have seen the likes of Carson Palmer and Reggie Bush and, and others, and I understand this is in the middle of the season, but but quote-unquote clinch the Heisman against Notre Dame because it's such a high-profile game, and it was again this year. So you had you, you had the opportunity in front of you to either now become you know a a, a 4 and 3 team at the bye. The best you can do is finish 10 and 3 or that's with a bowl win. So 9 and 3 in the regular season or you can beat your biggest rival, ruin their season and 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 go to uh and go to 5 and 2 excuse me, six and two uh, at the end of that stretch. And and with all of the questions and, and the mistakes that Marcus Freeman has made, coaching mistakes that Marcus Freeman has made this year, not adjusting to the offensive line switch at Louisville that wasn't working, 10 guys on the field at the end of the Ohio State game. Like, I'm willing to forgive mistakes. Like, I'm not, I'm not sitting here like some Notre Dame fans were ready to send Marcus Freeman out of South Bend. But the point is that there has been mistakes this year. You can't deny that. So he could continue to struggle in big games. He could continue to struggle 
you know, in this in this stretch of games, it's very difficult for Notre Dame. Or he could get his team up off the mat. They could go out there, and they they could have a big home win against a rival, their biggest rival, in my opinion. And that's exactly what they did in 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 crushing fashion. It was the second win for Marcus Freeman in 22 games as head coach, his second win against a top 10 opponent. I think that's fourth best uh, or fourth quickest all time in Notre Dame history. Um, Brian Kelly, and no, no, the, I, I can already hear student of the game Kyle Nash getting upset with me about this, but I'm statistical fact because this tenure of Marcus Freeman is going to be compared to the guy before him, the guy who was the only Notre Dame head coach ever to have four straight 10-win seasons. But Brian Kelly struggled against the top teams in the country. In 12 seasons, he only had two wins against top 10 opponents. Marcus Freeman has done that in a year and a half. <clears throat> And to Brian Kelly's credit, see, here's the part. This is where I'm going to – I had you in the first half, Kyle. This is where I get you. Marcus Freeman's ability to beat two top ten teams in his first year and a half as head coach is because of where Brian Kelly left the program. Like, Marcus Freeman didn't come over and take take over a Notre Dame program where Brian Kelly did. He took over a program that was developed, that was really good, and he is making them better. So this was a huge win for Marcus Freeman. As for USC, like I said, the, their national title hopes are done. Okay? I don't care if they win the Pac-12 at this point. Their their national title hopes are are gone. I don't think they have a chance of making the, the college football playoff if they would go undefeated. They're not, spoiler alert. But even if they did, they are not playoff material. They are not national champion material. And Caleb Williams, look, I'm not I'm not I'm not sitting here completely changing the narrative. I'm not a guy who's gonna sit here and say that Caleb Williams is no good. But what I'm saying is we were crowning the, you know, not we, cause I didn't do it. Sports media was crowning Caleb Williams as quote further along in his development than Patrick Mahomes. That, that's literally a headline uh, that I saw from somebody earlier this year. Um, <clears throat> I understand that USC's offensive line is bad. I understand that USC's defense is atrocious. But Caleb Williams has a ways to go. And he is not going to win a Heisman again this year thanks to uh, what happened in Notre Dame. Under 200 yards passing, multiple turnovers, um, under duress all night. It was not a good night for USC, not a good night for Caleb Williams. Great night for Notre Dame fans. My second observation this week, University of Michigan, um, under investigation again, they had the uh, the Cheeseburger Gate. I guess everything gets a gate behind her, right? So Cheeseburger Gate, um, 
with the recruiting situation and then that still being figured out by the NCAA. But this week, uh, yesterday, it was reported Michigan under investigation for um, alleged uh, sign stealing that that, uh, a member of the staff had gone and, I guess, uh, recorded signs from opposing teams um in uh at at, at uh, during uh, game days um recorded them from the 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 crowd and illegally you know obtained these signs and it was a obviously helped to, for them to game plan um i don't i don't really know or maybe understand all the full specifics of it um but uh the the staffer and I forget his name I forgot to write it down I do apologize on that um had been suspended <clears throat> without pay uh pending the the results of the investigation um so they um you know the the NCAA is 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 of course uh looking into this to see what um what if anything the <clears throat> you know, the, the culpability or what exactly happened with, uh, with these sign stealing allegations. Um, but like, here's the thing that maybe I don't understand. And, and this is, this is what I think is weird about it. Um, there's, there's a few guys, there's a few writers in the media, major college football writers. Um, uh, Pete Thamel, I think is one of them. Stuart Mandel. Um, there's like one or two other ones. And then of course, all the local beat writers and whatnot throughout the country. But of course, in, in, in more in the Northeast and Midwest regions, um, because it's big 10 country are, Getting these like little, little leaks, these drops, these vague hints about the investigation and, and what exactly is going on. Um, they are dropping vague tweets about it. Um, basically, writing, uh, you know, blatantly, pretty much, almost. Uh, writing as if Michigan and, and Jim Harbaugh and his staff are, are already found guilty in, in, in this situation. Um, but he, here's, here's what I don't understand. So when it, when it came out, Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, um, um, the big 10, everybody really, you know, they released their statement, you know, we're aware of an investigation everybody's looking into it. We can't speak anything further at this time due to the investigation. So how and why is is it okay and legal for information to continue to be leaking out about this 24 36 hours later if if it's a if it's an ongoing investigation um like I'm not I'm not a legal guy I'm not a legal expert by any stretch of the imagination but to me it feels like it's a it's a targeted um intentional uh kind of hit piece um and 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 I don't I don't know 
Obviously, I don't know if if, if Michigan and the program or the, the the loan if the if the staffer acted alone or not, and and is guilty. And if they are, they should be punished to whatever the 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 punishment is for this. Um, you know, uh, forfeiting wins or uh, suspended from postseason play this year or what? I I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what the penalty is for this, but they should be punished if they're found guilty. But again, as it is unfortunately most times when it comes to media, will the 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 Pete Thamels and Stuart Mandels and all of those will they will they issue retractments and apologies if they're if, if Michigan is found innocent in this situation? Probably not. They'll they'll probably hide it if they do. Um, I I I I saw a a a, um, a a clip from one of the ESPN shows today where where Paul Feinbaum, who if you pay attention to that SEC honk, um, he ha- I mean he hates Michigan, he hates Jim Harbaugh, and even he said that that. Um, it's going to be hard for the NCAA to make a case. And if it was anybody with Jim Harbaugh, who's been actively speaking out against the NCAA this year, uh, coincidentally, maybe, um, that it probably wouldn't have gone anywhere and we wouldn't even be having an investigation, but here we are. We'll keep an eye on it. Obviously it's, it's going to be big news. Um, either way, whatever the, whatever the investigation finds. All right, third observation, switching to the uh, to the NFL. The Dallas Cowboys get a big bounce back win. They beat the Chargers on Monday Night Football to go to 4-2. and two. They head into their bye week at 4-2. and two. Um, This wasn't a good win, though. Well, at least for the offense. Um, I think the defense did a really, really good job. I think uh, coming into the game, the Chargers were averaging 27 points a game. Your defense held them under. Um... And obviously, you got a big interception um, on the last drive of the game. Nobody wants to talk about Justin Herbert uh, leading the league by a lot in uh, turnovers uh, on uh, potential game-winning drives, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but not not a not a great game for the offense. Um, CD Lamb. Got 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 passes thrown his way. Brandon Cooks um, plays for the Cowboys. We we learned that on Monday. Um, Michael Gallup stinks. Uh, the Michael Gallup experience should be over in Dallas. Um, he's had multiple years. He's gotten progressively worse. Um. I don't care if it's Cavante Turbin or uh, Turpin or or who else it's got to be, but Michael Gallup ain't that guy. Um, it's it's time to move on from Michael Gallup. Uh, this offensive line is surprisingly not good. Um, play calling, especially in the red zone, not great, Bob. But um, yeah, I hope the Cowboys take this bye week and don't get me wrong I am much happier going into the bye week for the Cowboys at four and two than I am at three and three 
as a fan. Um, I said on the I said on Huddle Up podcast last week. This was this is one of those push games. When looking at the remainder of the season, and I said I saw what five yes definite wins. This was one of those push games. I didn't have this as a definite win. Better to go in four and two than, than go in three and three. Um, without question, um, Dak Prescott continues to look average this year. That's alarming. Um, I, 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 I don't know how you get out of that contract if he doesn't continue to get better, but, um, that may be a conversation the Cowboys need to have this coming off season, but we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, before I move away from football, um, I have our big four games from college in the NFL, uh, that I want to give my uh, my pickums on now, Mikey B. If you hear this, if you listen to this, uh, this obviously doesn't count for the year because Kyle and EJ and Matt and company we didn't uh, pick on these. These are not official for this season standings, uh, but uh, this is just me uh, giving my thoughts on them. Uh, starting well now today uh, at noon time, uh, number seven Penn State travels number three Ohio State. Ohio State a four and a half point. Home favorite and uh, forty five and a half is your over under. Um, take the over. I think you take the over. Uh, both offense is good now. Both defenses are pretty darn good. Um, but I think it's I think it's going to be more of an offensive show today at noon on Fox. Um, I can't believe that I'm going to say this. Not only do I think this is what will happen, this is what I want. Want to happen because I can't stand. I cannot stand Ohio State, Ohio State fans, that smug ass, punchable face of Ryan Day. Give me Penn State to cover. Penn State wins outright. Get out of here, Ohio State. Uh, number 17, Tennessee travels. Number 11, Alabama. Alabama, nine-point favorite. 47.5 is your over-under, 3.30 Eastern time on CBS. Um, Alabama's not great, but Tennessee stinks. Alabama, even plus the nine, uh, I will take the under. Uh, number 16, Duke travels. Number four, Florida State, who is a 14-point home favorite. 49.5 is your over-under. This one, 7.30 Eastern time on ABC. Um, I don't believe that Florida State is as good as they are on paper. Uh, this Duke team is tough. I don't think they're tough enough to win, but give me Duke to cover 14. I will take the under as well in this one. And then lastly, number 14, Utah, traveling to number 18, USC, who is a seven-point home favorite. 52 is your over-under Saturday, 8 o'clock on uh, Eastern Time on Fox. USC is going to have trouble with Utah again. This is a team that has been a problem for USC. They haven't gotten better. They're certainly not better in the trenches. Give me Utah to cover. Give me Utah to win. And I will take the under in uh, in that one. Uh, moving to the NFL, six teams on a bye. Bengals, Cowboys, Titans, Jets, Panthers, Texans. Um, Notre Dame and the Cowboys both on a bye. What a nice weekend. For old Big Jim, I think I've I think I've earned this one. Uh, <laughs> let's start Sunday one o'clock CBS. Uh, it's a three and two Browns three and a half point road favorite at the three and three Colts. Uh, Forty one is your over under. Um, 
Man, if it wasn't for uh, Anthony Richardson being out for the year, um, I'd say, man, this is a letdown spot for the Browns. Um, coming off the uh, the upset of the 49ers that literally no one predicted. That literally no one predicted. On Huddle Up Podcast, no one predicted the Browns to beat the 49ers. Nobody on the Huddle Up Podcast crew picked the Browns to beat the 49ers. Um, so the Browns win, cover the three and a half, give me the under in this one. Uh, three and three Falcons at the three and two Buccaneers, two and a half point home favorite for Tampa. Uh, 37 and a half is your over under Sunday, one o'clock on Fox. Um, Falcons stink. I don't think the Bucks are all that good, but, uh, Definitely take them over the Falcons, give me them to cover, and I will take a over as well. Uh, five and one Lions. Let's fucking go, my Lions. My Lions. Five and one at the four and two Ravens. Three point home favorite for Baltimore. 43 is your over under on this one, one o'clock on Fox. Um, man, if I'm the if I'm the Lions, if I'm Man Campbell, I'm looking at that three points they're giving the Ravens. I get it; it's a home game, so it's a push on neutral field. But I'm looking at the fact that they they have me as the underdog. F that Lions cover, Lions win. Let's go six and one. Uh, I will take the under because I think that Ravens offense is going to struggle to score. And lastly, five and one Dolphins at five and one Eagles, two and a half point. Home favorite Eagles coming off a loss to the Jets. Let's go J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Still going to the playoffs for me, right? They're still in the hunt. Let's go. 51 and a half is your over under Sunday, 20 Eastern time on NBC. Um, the Eagles have not been great. They're getting some guys off back off injury this week. Dolphins, flashy. But this is another one of those games of substance. You got to prove it to me. Uh, give me the Eagles in the Kelly Green at home. Uh, give me the Eagles at home. Excuse me. Almost threw up there. I hate picking the Eagles, but I think they win this one. I'll take them to cover. Give me the over in that one for sure. All right. Ugh. Baseball. Uh, just to kind of recap here uh, where we're at in the ALCS, NLCS. Um the Houston Astros are going to go back to the World Series. Uh, they have taken all three in Houston. They are up 3-2. Now they get tomorrow off. I think their next game will be Sunday. Um, but uh, they have completely flipped this series on its head for sure. Uh, I don't see how Texas recovers. Now, again, you're going back to Texas, to the Texas Rangers, um, Globe Life Park or whatever it's called. Um but uh, Houston has all the momentum. They know what they're doing in this situation. Uh, love them or hate them, they have the experience. I hate them. Love them or hate them, again, hate them, they have the experience here. I think um, that that is going to uh, – that's going to carry for them. Um, Phillies, uh, Diamondbacks. Uh Diamondbacks even the series tonight. It's it's two two now. Uh, game five is tomorrow in Arizona. Game six will happen now in Philly on Monday. Um, and here's the thing, and and this is this is this is what I'm going to say 
Uh, I still think the Phillies win this game uh, or win this series. Uh, maybe not in six now. Maybe it does have to go out all the way to seven. Um, cliche coming. Uh, tomorrow game, tomorrow's game is huge. Or well, tonight's game actually is huge for the Phillies, for the for the Diamondbacks. I mean, for whoever wins to 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 take the three. Whoever goes up uh, three to two um, after a two-two tie, um, I would guess that the statistics probably lean in their favor. But the you know so the home team has won every game in this series, and 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 here's the thing: the the bullpen, and I think some of Rob Thompson's decisions cost them yesterday and cost them tonight. Or Thursday and last night. However, we're interpreting this. I haven't gone to bed yet, so it still feels like Friday, but I'm recording at midnight on Saturday. So you do the math, however you want to put it. Um But but here's the thing. When when the Phillies dominated while well, they won game one and then crushed the Diamondbacks in game two. Ten nothing. Diamondbacks are misfielding fly balls. I mean, everything, everything was pointing go for the Phillies. Like, just, it wasn't going to be close, right? The Phillies fans are going to take over Arizona's field, and Philly fans are going to buy up the seats and, and give them away to Phillies fans in Arizona. And the, and the Diamondbacks are going to roll over and die. This team's young. They're inexperienced. They don't know what they're doing. But on the contrary, this Diamondbacks team is young. They, they, they're, 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 I, I, I don't say this disrespect. They're young and dumb. They don't know any different. And I mean that with the utmost respect because that's how I felt about my Orioles coming in to the postseason. I'm like, this team's young and dumb. They're just playing baseball. The, that, the, the Diamondbacks are what the Orioles would have been if they had pitching. <laughs> um, but this team's cruising, man. They, they came home and they decided that they weren't going to be pushed around, that they weren't going to be told that they can't win this series. They weren't going to be told that it was over. They have flipped the script in this series. Now, it's not a must-win tomorrow in, in Arizona for the Phillies. I think it is a must-win for the Diamondbacks. If the Diamondbacks want to win the NL and go to the World Series, they have to win tonight in Arizona. They're not winning two in Philadelphia. I will guarantee you that right now. But... The Phillies continue to fuck around. They're going to find out the Diamondbacks could win one in Philly. So just don't. Be the team that got you to this point. Stop fucking around. Stop making poor managerial decisions. Bullpen, get your head out of your ass. Stop leaving guys stranded. Stop waiting for the pitchers to get there. Go go get them. Go attack them. That's what a big difference between the Phillies of games one and two and three and four have been. 
The Phillies of the last two games have not been aggressive like they were in games one and two. And the Diamondbacks are eating them alive, man. That team, they're young enough and dangerous enough to fuck things up. That's exactly what they're doing. They were never going to roll over. They were never going to quit. The advantage for the Phillies is they, the Phillies don't have to win on the road. The Diamondbacks do. But the Phillies go out and make them pay tonight on their home field, beat them, come back, close this thing out at the bank on Monday and get to the World Series and bring this thing home. Um, Moving to hockey. Um, This is going to be a rough and rocky and painful year to be a Washington Capitals fan. Um, opening night, they got shut out for nothing by the Penguins. It was the first time the Capitals in their history have ever been shut out on uh, their home opener or and or their season opener. First time ever. They've been in the league since 1974. Game two, they came out uh, on Monday. Got a a shootout win against the Calgary Flames. One of the better teams. One of the better teams in the Western Conference. Thursday night, they go to Ottawa. They lost 6-1 to to the Senators. Speaking of first-time events, it was the first time in Alex Ovechkin's career that he went back-to-back games without recording a shot on goal. Now, he had shot attempts but he did not have a shot on goal for two consecutive games. There, Look, there's <clears throat> there's already been a lot of bad takes by Washington Capitals fans, people that are panicking three games into an 82-game season. Well, if this coach doesn't figure things out in 20 games, he should be fired. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Barry Trotz, the head coach that brought the Washington Capitals their only Stanley Cup to date, went 10-7-3 and in his first 20 games, his first year as Capitals head coach. And at that point, he was 17 years into a head coaching career. Spencer Carberry is exactly three games in to his NHL head coaching career. Stop with the fire him after 20 games. If anybody should be fired after 20 games is the Capitals general manager, Brian McClellan, because he's the one that held on to Peter Laviolette's old ass for too long as a head coach and set this organization back a year or two, maybe more. GM Brian McClellan is the one that put the Island of Misfit Toys, that is the Capitals roster, out there right now. General Manager Brian McClellan's the one who signed Max Pacioretty, who hasn't even begun skating yet because he has an injury, still from last season. Again, that was the one of the Capitals' off-season free agent signings. He wasn't a Capital last year. They said, we got to go ahead. We got to go get this guy. 
so no, Spencer Carberry should not be fired after 20 games. Spencer Carberry should not be fired if the Capitals don't make the playoffs this year. This ain't Carberry's problem. Um, and I also see a lot of people with the bad takes about Alex Ovechkin. Should we be worried about Alex Ovechkin? No. He's had slow starts, especially in the last couple of years. The guy's 38, okay? Look, I I know it's hard to come to grips with the fact that the greatest player to ever put on a Washington Capitals uniform is 38 years old and is close to the end of his career. I haven't dealt with it yet, okay? It, it hurts. It sucks. It is going to suck a lot when Alex Ovechkin is no longer a Washington Capitol. But let's just let's let's calm down with the panic, okay? Everybody on this capital team's looked rough so far. They're working to figure it out. But again, three games into an 82 game season. Exhale. I also saw somebody speculate if the Washington Capitals should trade Alex Ovechkin this year. Um and th- this friend of mine is a Flyers fan. I love the guy. But I said this to him, and I'll say it here. The Capitals will not and should not ever trade Alex Ovechkin. Okay? Will not and should not. If they do that, it it will be the beginning of the end of the Washington Capitals franchise in D.C., they will lose that franchise because the fans will stop. Alex Ovechkin is the reason people give a shit about hockey in Washington, D.C. Alex Ovechkin is the reason why, maybe now, but at least at one point, the Capitals were the number one team in in, uh, the Washington, D.C. sports market. Alex Ovechkin is the Washington Capitals. He is the greatest capital in franchise history. Because I, the, 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 the friend of mine compared like the Philadelphia Flyers trading Claude Giroux um, two seasons ago. Now, yes, Claude Giroux was a fantastic flyer. I'm not going to deny that. But I bet if you, if you pulled 100... 200 hockey fans, and you ask them, who is, who do you think of when you think of the Philadelphia Flyers? You're going to get a lot more and more frequent answers before Claude Giroux. Alex Ovechkin is the Washington Capitals. He will not be traded. He should not be traded. Um, Lastly, um, I witnessed now last year, I remember talking on this, uh, show about seeing a, uh, Jersey retirement in Hershey, Chris Bork's number 17 to the rafters. It was the first time I ever saw that this past weekend. I saw a Calder cup champions banner raised to the rafters for the first time, at least the first time that I can remember. Uh, I may have seen one unveiled at, at at Old Hershey Park Arena, but I was too young to remember, so it doesn't. I don't, I don't count that. Um, reliving the 
2022-2023 Hershey Bears, the the Calder Cup run. And I'm not going to lie, man. Sitting there watching the videos, reliving the moments, seeing the highlights, seeing those, that team, those players, the ones that are still back in Hershey, um, get their rings and, and watching that banner raised to the rafters, man, I teared up. It was it was definitely an emotional night, um, and I and I go back to the moment um, from June when we're, when we're watching uh, my dad, my 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 best friend Ryan and I were at the Giant Center and we're watching the uh, watching the game at the watch party, and my my dad mentioned how like important it was that that he um, you know that he he he's comes to these games and comes to the watch parties and uh was was in soaking up as much of the the playoff atmosphere and the the run to the cup that he could because and and he said his co-workers asked him a question it was like you know because he, he my dad I guess had mentioned that he was going to go out to the airport a lot of times when when the bears were on the road and they won the cup and I've done this before fans greet them at the at the airport when they fly in. And my dad said that he was, you know, he was going to go to the airport if they won. And his coworker's like, really? You're, you're like that. You're like that into it. He's like, yeah, absolutely. And he goes, but also he goes, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 67. It's been 12 years, 13 years since the bears have, have won a cup. He goes, if for some reason it would take that long again, I, that would put him at 80. He goes, you know, there's a possibility that, that, that this is my last one as a fan that I'm alive for. And it it hit me like a, like a, like a, like a freight train then. And I got thinking about it last Saturday when I'm sitting watching this 2023 Calder Cup Champions banner go to the rafters at the Giant Center. That I I don't. You never know. I mean, obviously, no, none of us know. None of us know, right? We none of us know how long we have left. But like that, this that franchise and that team um, have been such a huge part of my family. Um. And it's it is something that is so special between my father and I that um you know like the thought that that um you know that was the last one um is uh it stinks man um so and I'm getting uh, a little uh, misty-eyed now um, just talking about it. But it, um, it, it, it means so much. And, and it is, it is such an important, uh, it is such an important thing. And I'm glad that I was there. Uh, I got to celebrate it with my wife and with my dad. Um, but yeah, man, it was it was emotional. It was absolutely emotional. Um, unfortunately, the Bears lost <laughs> that game on Saturday. Uh, 
But uh, we were actually back there on Sunday. Um, saw the Bears get their first win of the year. They actually won tonight uh, against the Providence Bruins. But uh, just watching that, the watching this year's team through the first three games, first two games, um, this this team feels even better than last year's team. Now, I'm not I'm not going to sit here because. We all know nothing is earned, or or nothing is uh, nothing is is gifted. Everything is earned, um, and and this team has uh, seventy three more games this season, but they look really really good, and and they they look smooth. That I think they look a little better than last year's team, but um, yeah, we're we're back in it. Uh, it was a very short summer uh, off of hockey. Uh, I will take that every year if if one or both of my hockey teams uh, can can win uh, championships. But uh, short summer, hockey season back. Uh, NBA starts this upcoming week. Baseball winding down. The NFL, the NCAA, um, college football really getting into the meat of it. So um, strap in, settle in, man. Uh, yeah, that's what's going to wrap it up for me uh, for the observations this week. Follow me at Big Jim Sports. Follow the show at Huddle Up Podcast. Facebook, Twitter, uh, TikTok, YouTube, and uh, get our merchandise at Public. Hit our link tree in all of our social media. We'll be back, I promise. I promise. We'll be back Tuesday. Huddle Up Podcast. Until then, stay safe, stay smart, and as always, go for the win.